All right, welcome to another episode of the podcast, episode whatever number it is. Yep. Uh, we're back with another guest, um, called in a family favour from my uncle here from Flavorite. Um, his name's Michael Nickel. So we're going taking a, a really different um, approach, I guess, to this podcast to the last few, which has been really in the trenches, training, nutrition, all of that stuff. Um, but Mike actually um, grows and on-sells fresh produce. Um, so we're going to try and find out what we can about maybe like what the truth about organic is, um, what the different growing methods and that are out there, and what's sort of happening. So maybe um, to open up with like how long have you been, or what do you do? How long have you been doing it for, and how everything kind of works? What's a day look like for you? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we're a, a flavourite is a family business, so we're uh, primarily a glass house vegetable producer. Mm-hmm. Um, we started in the produce industry. My grandfather started in the produce industry about 70 years ago. Amazing. And so um, we're now into the fourth generation of uh, family in, uh, in produce. But um, some time ago, we decided to get out of wholesaling fruit and veg and, and, um, and get into growing, yeah. um, mainly tomatoes. So we started a business called Flavorite Tomatoes. And um, we started uh, growing tomatoes in a in a greenhouse at, uh, on a family farm that we owned at uh, Warrigal. So uh, that's what we started doing. And, and now we're the largest um, glass house vegetable producers. So yeah. we, we now have tomatoes, capsicums, um, cucumbers, eggplant, and uh, a number of other things. But yeah. uh, we grow all that product in, in glass house. We've got um, 50 hectares of, of glass houses. So yeah. Yeah, so it's quite a lot of yeah. product. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's what we do. I understand you also like on sale from other growers as well. Yeah, like we do. Like range. so in the in in the process of um, of building our business up, we uh, we couldn't keep up with the demand, so we yeah. we uh, helped other growers, other people that were in, interested in growing in, in greenhouse uh, techniques. So we we helped them to um, Establish their own businesses, and then we took over and, and took them, you know, helped them with um, seed propagation, uh, growing techniques, yeah. and then also um, we sold their product for them. So they, you know, now we've got a network of growers that also supply us externally into our marketing system, yeah. and then we supply that product onto our customers. Yeah, cool. And then I guess that works for everyone in that you're a bigger bigger outfit coming into whoever you're wholesaling to. Yeah, that's right. Like, you know, for, for us now with our customers, like what they're looking for is, you know, um, consistency of supply, mm-hmm. uh, high quality, and, uh, and and of course that, you know, greenhouse gives you consistency and quality. Yeah. And then obviously giving, uh, having external growers as well can fill gaps and, um, yeah. and, and grow some of the smaller, uh, more niche products that we might want to put them into the marketplace. Yeah, I understand. So when you say your customers, who are you on selling this to? Yeah, so we're selling to um, directly to Woolworths, Coles, Eldi. Yeah. Um, we also have a wholesale business in the Melbourne market, so we sell to greengrocers through yep. that um, outlet. Yeah. Uh, so we're supplying all the all the all the corner shops as well, you mm-hmm. know, in Melbourne, and um, and then we supply through the central markets in. In both Brisbane, Sydney, Adelaide, Perth, as well. So yeah, 
So most of the people that are watching slash listening, if they are in Australia, because pretty cool, we've got some international listeners now. Yep. Um, but if they're in Australia, they've most likely eaten some of your produce. Yep. I would say that uh, yeah, the majority would have if they if they buy um, you know glasshouse products. So probably the better quality product that's on the shelves there. Yeah, um, they would have probably had some of our product at some stage or another. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. So the the glasshouse is it a method? Um, like do we? Like how complex is describing yeah, well, explaining the glass house? Yeah. Okay. So you know, how do you how do we grow? So it's like really like people would know hydroponics, and you know, like yeah. a lot of people um, talk about hydroponics, and they think about you know marijuana and you know, <laughs> people, <laughs> people who grow that sort of <laughs> yeah. And so we sort of gone away from that term. So we sort of talk more about the glasshouse product, but really it's the same thing. And, and hydroponics is about um, growing in a in an inert medium, so um, not in soil. Yeah, so, yeah. so we, we grow in, in what is best described as like the uh, insulation in the roof of your house. It's sort yeah. of like a, it's a basalt rock that's spun to you know, at eighteen hundred degrees into a into a like a mat, and we and we plant our product into that. And the way we deliver the nutrient to those um, plants is through a dripper system. So it's fertigation, so fertilizer and irrigation at the same time. Yeah. So hence the hydroponics. So we we're, we're we're sort of feeding them exactly what they want. Um, and we're controlling the environment at the same time. So yeah, wow. uh, we, we're in a glass house. Um, we can cool, we can um, heat, um, and we can deliver exactly what the, uh, the, the the plants want to produce the best quality and um, quantity, if you like, okay. of, of product. Yeah. Well, so that's for like, I guess, as um, health nerds, like there's lots of discussion of like soil quality and all that kind of stuff. Like. Well, you don't get this from the vegetables that we eat anymore because the grounds. Yep, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah, all of that. So, are your your methods kind of addressing that as well, in terms of like the fertilizer and stuff would be resulting in a better product? Yeah. So, the, the way I like to to sort of describe it is that um, when you know, like if, if if you took a person and said, "Look, you know, I'm going to deliver you exactly the food," and you know, you guys talk about nutrition a lot, right? Yeah. And if I'm delivering the exercise regime and the food that exactly what you require, yeah. so if I took your blood and said, yeah. "Hey, this is exactly what you require," and then I made you do that, yeah. And people are fallible, right? So they don't necessarily yeah, yeah. follow that. Yeah. But but with the plants, we can do that. We can say, right, we're going to set the environment for exactly how we want it. Yeah. And we're going to deliver you the, exactly the food that you want, that will get the best result out of you. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. So, so we're 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 removing the uh, the vagaries of the of, of the environment. So the you know when it rains and when it um, when it gets real cold and then real hot, you know we can monitor that stuff and and manage it. And so therefore we end up with a product that's um, that's grown in the perfect environment and then therefore delivers um, you know some of the best tasting fruit so outside of that we select um varieties that deliver you know like they have they have the um the ability to deliver you know very high um quality like in in terms of appearance but also in terms of uh, high high sugar levels or you know natural sugar levels and that sort of thing so we'll be choosing that sort of thing and then we'll deliver the exact environment and the food that they want and then we get the best result at, at the other end of it. Yeah, and I think like from a from an evolutionary standpoint, if a, pro, a fresh, particularly with fresh produce, if it tastes better to us, typically it means it's got more of the stuff that you're kind of looking for. Um, in a general rule of thumb, um, so that's that's interesting. 
in terms of like a micronutrient density, sounds like you're setting everything up to, to the fruit or vegetables mm-hmm. to kind of have. And then we can monitor it, you know, yeah. because we can we can control a lot of our inputs. We can then monitor really closely, like just you know you know what input and what result. Yeah. So you know, therefore we we can we can then replicate that in the future. You know, like we grow our crops for twelve months. Yeah. So you know, we're planting you know most of our crops you know in in Victoria at this time of the year, and then we'll pull them out this time next year. So yeah. like we've got to keep the plant healthy. You know, so yeah. it's got to like in most. In most growing environments, you would, you know, they might grow for three months and then they plough them into the ground and start again. Where yeah. we've got to keep the, the crop alive and healthy for yeah. twelve months, which yeah. is, you know, it's a big difference to sort of um, the, the the outdoor cropping model. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of we put a lot of money into, you know, into our infrastructure, so it's really expensive to build, you know, yeah. these yeah. glass houses, and so we need to get a return, and so we cool. need to be cropping for the the most amount of weeks per year yeah. and so we you know it's really important that we we put that yeah. um that, that quality product out yeah. there yeah. so you get um so the 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 influx of resources that you get that you provide your um crops you get a longer harvesting period out of it is that was that the intention yes so like we want consistency so yeah. we want we yeah. want a crop for as long as we can it's all about like we talk about in our production we talk about um, kilos per square meter. So we're, yeah. we're we're narrowing it right down so that we want to we we need a return. You know, yeah, like it's very expensive yeah, to build the, build the greenhouses, and we need a return um, on in that investment. So we're so we're we're monitoring right down to the you know like every square meter of um of of, of greenhouse, and yeah, cool. uh, and we've got five million square meters of yeah. greenhouse. So. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad from a food supply standpoint too. Yeah. Um, they, they, you can always produce yeah. um, a crop though. Yeah. Um, like I, I was curious, but you kind of explained it before I asked the question. Is like it doesn't matter about season because you can replicate the environment in the greenhouse. To a point, oh, yeah. Point. So yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of like you know, it's really you know, there's a lot to it, but there's um, like there's still you know, like your crops will grow with the sunlight. So yeah. so you get peak production when you've got the maximum sunlight. Of course. So we're 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 um we're harnessing that inside the greenhouse and we can you know in the winter we can still grow crops but our, our yields would be lower at this time of the year as it will the be sunlight, in yeah. the in in the summer. But but at the same time we're we're producing where if you were growing tom- you couldn't grow tomatoes in Victoria at this time of the year of if course. you weren't in a greenhouse. So yep. so yeah. we're you know we're trying to deliver yeah, that, keep that year round yeah. supply. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome. So within this greenhouse model, so the the biggest like catch things I guess within the fitness industry and the health issue industry at the moment is like organic and um, like Monsanto came out during the week with that two hundred and eighty million dollar lawsuit or whatever it is. Um, how do you approach, I guess, within a greenhouse if you do have, um, like, is there a blanket way that you're um, applying, what's the word I'm looking for, like, um, bug resistance, I guess? Yeah, so in our, well, in our model, we, um, we use IPM, which is Integrated Pest Management. So, um, like, there are plenty of greenhouse growers around the world or, and in Australia as well that don't integrate you know the pest management so it's just you know good bad good bugs eating bad bugs you know really yeah so we're we're introducing like there are in australia we there's there's a smaller arsenal of um of available bugs you know uh to to do this but yeah. but we introduce a lot of uh, we spend a lot of money on on bringing these um 
these bugs, the good bugs in to um, to fight the bad bugs, right? That's, so that's awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it's it's millions of dollars a year that we're spending on this stuff. Yeah, you know, like it, it saves us from spraying our crops with you know harmful chemicals that end up you know on the fruit. And you know, like I'm not saying that it it it, it doesn't stay in the fruit, but it you know yeah, like it's in the environment. We're in an enclosed environment. Yeah. We want to keep that. You know, we've got people working in there. We've we've got you know. Um, 600 employees so we yep. want we want those people to be safe and we want to be able to walk into the greenhouse pick the fruit and eat it off the plant and yep. not feel like we have to wash it you know yeah. Yeah, so yeah. so that's really important to us like we you know like the less we can spray um, it doesn't matter what you're doing like the less um, artificial stuff that you put on the plants the, the healthier they're going to be and so they they'll they'll pay it back so we you know like if we can create an environment where there's you know like if there's external bugs coming in and and causing disease or or, or crop problems that if we can introduce something to fight those um we find that really good and there's, the there's a big there's a big um there's a like the white fly is the, one of the biggest yep. um problems that we have in greenhouse production yep. and uh, we we introduce a parasitic wasp and that wasp goes out and finds the white fly eggs and stings those eggs, lays its babies inside the the egg of the of the uh, white fly, and then the uh, the it then feeds on that egg, and then creates the next generation. So we introduce one wow. generation, and then yeah. and then they go and they yeah. you know you need a population of both for them to survive, you know, to survive yeah. together. Yeah, of course, yeah. but then um, yeah then. You know, we grow the next generation of those those good bugs inside our crops, and then they just so cool. they're out there, sort of, you know, destroying the bad guys. You know, yeah, so it's it's really incredible. cool, you know. Yeah, like it's, yeah. it, and it's and it's it's just a better way of doing things. Yeah, it's, you know, people so, are not eating, you know, tainted food. From a bottom line standpoint, introducing the bugs versus spraying, when you take into account the health of the plant and what you're able to actually then sell. Like, is it, are you actually at, at a benefit by doing that? Or is it like you take a bit thing. of a hit to be... Yeah, I think that, uh, like, sometimes sometimes it costs us more to yep. do it, you know? Like, with a really successful IPM program, then um, it, it probably pays back. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think it's more about what we're really about. Like, we call the business Flavorite for a reason. Like, yeah. um, it was called Flavorite because we, we identified, our family identified that... that um, that there was a need in in the tomato industry at the time for a better tasting tomato, yeah. and so um, we went out there to try and produce not only you know a great looking product but uh, something that really tasted good and yeah. that delivers on, on on our promise, which is is about giving people healthier food. If we're going to be in the health food industry, which yeah. is vegetables, yeah. well yeah. then then we want to do that the best we possibly can, yeah. and and we see that that um, that. Reduced use of chemicals is, you know, has got to be a great thing, you know. Yeah. Like, and you know, like, it just it just shows you like the Monsanto problems that they're having right at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's that that's going to be a problem, you know, and and, yeah. and you don't want to get tainted with that sort of thing, you know. If you can help not using those things, well, why would you not try and avoid it? So yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. that's unreal. Yeah. All right. So, with all that said. Um, Obviously, you're still using some kind of spray or something like that. Um, is your product organic as such? Is it listed as organic or um, is it still under like normal? Food? Yeah, it's, well, yeah, so there's organic and there's conventional and we would be considered conventional because um, organic, 
well, organic foods, organic methods are about the whole ecosystem. So, so they would say that um, that uh, first of all, in Australia, uh, organic products have to be grown in soil, and so yeah, okay. we so don't. We, we, we kind of we kind of do because we're growing in basalt rock, but yeah. it's a processed product, and so um, we're not growing in soil. So we, we, you know we don't tick that box, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and you know like the organic guys would say, and you know I think that it's it's got its merits. You know like the organic movement is 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 a great thing, um, but commercially you can't really grow organically and and provide the consistency of supply and quality yeah. that that, you know, like that, uh, that that we can do yeah. you know so um, I suppose we're you know we're creating an environment um, and the organic guys are using the environment around them you know yeah. uh, so they, they don't they don't they, yeah. they still spray their product their, their crops with with certain products um, in some cases you know quite um, you know, quite heavy products in yeah. terms of you know sprays and you know like nothing that's necessarily that harmful. But you know, like we we've got to protect like when we spray, we've got to protect the bugs that we've introduced into our greenhouses. So yeah. we can't spray anything that's too um, yeah, yeah too much of a problem to to those bugs. So yeah. um, the organic movement is 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 good. Um, it's it's but it's you know like people would know like you pay a lot of money for organic product. And it's yeah. and it's uh, and, and that can be in itself an issue because we're trying to, well, you know, we we've, we've grown to a scale where where we're driving um, cost of production down, and um, and the and, and and the organic guys are really they've got more and more inputs and so they the cost of their product is always going to be more and and yeah. scaling up is difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, we would say that we you know like a, a conventional grower. Is, is out there in the field, he's, um, he's taking something out of the soil every day, whereas we're only giving our plants what's, what we're introducing. So, so anything like our, ours is a very small footprint for the amount of um, product that we can get off, say, a square metre, yeah. um, whereas in the field you would get, you know, like, I don't know, maybe um, oh, 10 times less product yeah. per square metre oh, yeah. as we would get. Yeah. Um, they, the, the field product uses, you know... Um, 10 to 20 times more water yeah. per kilo of product that they produce. Yeah. So, so ours is actually a very sustainable footprint. You know, yeah. like we don't we don't um, uh, deplete the land and then and then have to move on to another piece of land, which is very typical of, a, of conventional yeah. farming. Yeah. You have to, you know, like you, you can crop one year, but then you have to move on to another yeah. area of land and and and, and let, uh, let that one set. Yeah. So yeah. we can use the footprint we've got very efficiently and uh, and. And, and then provide a really good quality product. So, so it seems like it's a. Did you guys take that setup with the idea of it like benefiting you guys long term? Because it seems like it's very sustainable and it's something that you guys will get back. Like you did say, oh, you know, it takes a lot of resources setting it up, but it does sound like it's somewhere down the line that oh, it's yeah. going to be very rewarding. Um, yeah. you know, just in terms of like being able to produce quality food for less resources eventually mm. oh yeah I think that's that's absolutely right I mean we you know we we got into it um, you know a lot of years ago now but like we started with um, you know a very simple footprint um, growing in plastic greenhouses and and then as we proved the market up because when we first started in um, in, in glasshouse vegetables 
there was we were really one of the first to be doing it in in, in Australia, um, and so. We, we tried to, over time, prove it up to the point where we, we could spend more on the infrastructure and get a better result and then get a payback. Yeah. Um, yet we're in a, a really great product, you know? It's a bit like being in the health and fitness industry, right? Yeah. Like, you're not selling cigarettes, you know? Yeah. Like, you're selling something that's really good for people yeah. and, uh, and, and, and we can get a return. So, and people are probably going to buy our products because people need it, you know, to live, you know? Like, yeah. So, um, you know, like we, we, we definitely feel that well, we know that we can we can get a good return on yeah. on, uh, on developing you know these types of products. Yeah, I feel like more and more too people are more conscious and want to know more about where their food kind of is coming from. Oh, for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, like <laughs> I mean, very typical of that is like some years ago, the supermarkets came to us and said, "Hey, can we take a photo of your grower?" And put them on our packets, and you'll see them in if you're in Coles. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll see our grower on the on the front of our um, like a lot of our products okay. um, on the on the wrap on the outside. And they um, they did that for the reason that people want to feel connected yeah. to to yeah. their to the farmer and to and and and, and to where the product's coming from because. You know, we all know. You hear the stories about you know kids not even knowing where milk comes from yeah, or where yeah. where you know how things are grown. Like they they, they, they think they come from supermarkets. And, yeah, and it's yeah. a big thing. For, I know when I uh, shop in the um, yeah fruit and veg, like I actually do make a conscious like uh, thought of like where it comes from. Like I actually yeah. really try to call out where it's come from. I look at that as one of those reasons. Yeah, um, and I make a selection based off that. I, I, yeah. I admit it. Yeah, um, so it is good to know. Uh, well, hopefully they actually come from there, but yeah, it's I like it's good to know where they come from. Like it's, it's such an important thing to know. Like when you when you place, do you, do you mean the country that it's coming uh, from? Oh yeah, or, everywhere. Or, or yeah, the yeah. region. Oh, even in, if I know something, like if I had the choice of like if I knew where something came from in Victoria over like somewhere else in Australia, I probably would pick that food. Yeah. Um, it's like that hometown thing yeah. you've got, um, and placing such importance on nutrition like we we do. Um, it is really nice. Like I, that connection is important to me. Yeah. And I think that's important to a lot of other people as well. Yeah. And even just the country, like the next thing from there, it's like yeah. I think it's important to know where your food comes from anyway. Yeah, um, and I think we're so lucky that we live in a country that, and you can maybe tell us if this is true or false, but like I kind of assume that if it's from Australia, the um, policing and stuff of like the methods, even when it comes to meat and stuff, um, that the, the policing of the methods for growing or breeding or whatever are going to be pretty solid and it's probably going to be as good a quality as you can buy in that area. Um, even with like whey protein and stuff, it's like if it's not Australian or from New Zealand. Yeah, it could be like, anything. Um, I think that's, that's, that's true. I mean, you know, to sort of cover off on all of that, like you, like there's, there is a, uh, like, you know, certain states of Australia are really parochial about where their fruit, food comes from. Like, there's, um, in South Australia, they run a South Australia's Best campaign. In yeah. Western Australia, they run a Western Australia's Best. Tasmania, they're really parochial about, you know, like buying Tasmanian first yeah. because, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and that's, it's kind of good. You, you want to encourage that, you know. It's not so good if you're from Victoria <laughs> and you're trying to sign to those places. <laughs> but, but it's, you know, it, it, it is really important to some people. And when you ask people, they do care about that. What they say they do and what they do is sometimes a little different, yeah. you know, and you do get, um, you know, like people say, oh, no, I want to buy only Australian stuff. But, you know, 
then you know on price they'll go and buy something overseas. So yeah. it's sort of you know it yeah, can be a little to, bit of a they have to make that decision. Don't yeah, they? it yeah. can be a bit of a bit of a, a grey area, but um, yeah. So so on that because I'm guilty of the frozen section. If anyone follows my uh, Instagram, they'll notice my frozen cherries like every morning. So where do they come from? Ben? I don't know to be honest. <laughs> Probably <laughs> China. Yeah. So. It's interesting, actually, over the last month or two, the cherries that were in the bags changed. Like, they were big and dark, and then they kind of went smaller and lighter, and the last packet I bought's big and dark again. So I don't know if it's, like, it changed where seasonal. it came from or <laughs> yeah. what kind of went on with that, because um, even the flavour was different. So does any of your stuff end up frozen at all? Um, no, or is well, it all sold fresh? Yeah, no, not in, no, we don't. They don't freeze any of our product, but I mean mainly that sort of the, the brassicas and, and corns and stuff like that that they freeze. Yeah. So we don't, you know, we don't really grow that product. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah sure. that would suit being frozen. Yeah, Tomatoes yeah, don't freeze real well. No, yeah, um, not so much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so no, we, we you know we don't freeze product here yeah. in Australia, and you know like the the fact is that that most of the frozen goods that you see, well, frozen vegetables that you see, and they come from overseas. Yeah. So. You know, it's all about the cost of what it cost to produce it and how cheap it was to then, you know, ship it, freeze it, yeah. put it in a bag and then sell it to you and still be reasonable priced compared yeah. to, you know, like um, buying fresh product. And, and I suppose then you've got to accept that, you know, for that convenience, what are you, what are you compromising on? Yeah. yeah. And you will be compromising on something, I would say. There's, I think, I, I don't know for a fact, but I, I think that there's one brand in Australia of frozen vegetables that are actually grown in Australia yeah, right. and the rest of them, most of them come from um, China mm-hmm. are shipped into New Zealand fro- uh, I think packed, repacked there I'm not sure whether they're frozen there but they're yeah. repacked there and then shipped into Australia so you're yeah. buying Chinese product with um, you know, with perhaps you know like Australian packaged you know, like, yeah, package New Zealand so you think that's the way they get around you like think that, it's yeah. okay and you yeah. know we've seen recently the, the health scares on, on, on some of that frozen product you know yeah. like the frozen berries I think um, yeah. it was probably two years ago yeah. now yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know some people died you know yeah. like some people ended up with hepatitis and yeah. you know it's it's really uncool you know, yeah. like, yeah. you know and especially when there's an alternative which is buying fresh product yeah you know? um so, I would say. Yeah. yeah so if we are to walk into the supermarket, if I go to my groceries tonight, how do I identify in the fresh produce session maybe to start with like where stuff's actually coming from? Is there a way to identify that? Mm. Um, well, most of the fresh product in Australia, like I think the, the supermarkets promote it pretty freely that, that 96 or 97% of their product come, is Australian grown. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty right, you know. Um, they only buy imported fresh products um, when we have a you know like yeah we have we have a seasonal problem in Australia where yeah. it's, it's unavailable like citrus yeah. um, and th- the likes of you know those sorts of things yeah. but you don't really see a lot of other products because most of it's too perishable to, to ship from anywhere else the time it gets yeah so yeah. like you know generally products that are fresh and you can tell yeah. like if they're good quality or not if you just take a bit of time to look at it you know yeah. you, you'll see um, how good they are. Yeah. But uh, I think you know there's there's yeah there's very few products actually that are yeah. that are um, and is there a way to see to track I guess like what like if I wanted to go buy your product just because like I've had this conversation Mark I want to go get some favourite stuff because yep. I know your growing method's really good. 
is there a way to do that or is it just like go shop at these outlets and hope you get it tomorrow yeah yeah it's really difficult actually because you know like um, you know I would say I would say to the supermarket guys look I want to have my brand on it because it means something but it probably only means something well it means something to me and it might mean something to the people that I know but it, it they would say we need to put up something that's consistent on the shelf that that, that meets our specification and um, is grown in the right way and they do actually audit around that pretty heavily um, so they want to be able to mix it together and you know like if my products in in the Victorian store today but in the Queensland store tomorrow that that they can do that yeah. that doesn't necessarily suit me all the time but yeah but you can understand in some ways why they do that so it's very difficult we don't have our brand on a lot of the product on the on the fresh product we used to on our trust tomatoes the trust on the vine yeah. the tomatoes on the vine we used to put a uh, like a cardboard tag, tag on yeah, each yeah, yeah. on each thing uh, which sort of looked a bit like that yeah but um we we stopped doing that because it was costing us money and people tend to just leave them behind anyway so yeah. you know it, and and it does it add to you know like there's maybe one or two people that go looking for my my brand yeah, you know? yeah. and so um yeah like there might be 50 then that's right. Yeah, that's right. The STC Fit Podcast changes flavour right. That's right. Yeah. Our share price. One, might one day we'll be big enough <laughs> to do that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's yeah, it is difficult. It's difficult with yep. fresh produce. You know, like outside of you know, like your apples that have got stickers on them, and you know, yep. any product that's got stickers on them, and everybody hates the stickers. You know, like they yeah. hate them. You know, like it's always an you know an option, but it's yep. you know like. You know, it really you really need a reason to do it. Like, there's a there's got to be a decent reason. Yeah. And uh, and you know, because it costs money, and people don't want to pay. They don't want to pay for, you know, like a, a branding exercise that's really an, an ego trip. You know, yeah. like that's not that helpful. You know, what's better is if there's regulation around what they're buying, and that they they buy to a specification, and that you know the product meets that specification, it's grown in the right way with the right labour and the and the right growing practices, and all those yeah. sorts of things that that we're trying to do, um, and 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 then you know like people can, then could be confident that they can go in and buy yeah. you know products that way. Yeah. So in a, in obviously I would assume based on you being the largest provider, you probably have some sway in terms of industry standards and stuff as well. Do like Coles, Woolworths, that kind of those kind of groups. You mentioned they do some auditing and stuff. So like, what what would they be looking for if they went out to a, a grower? Whether it be because I assume they go to like in the ground growers as well, not just glass um, and stuff. What are they looking for in terms of standards for them to be able to sell to the supermarket? Yeah, what they do is they they actually now get together and they. And they set regulation around. Oh, you know, there's there's a there's an Australian food standard, right? So that's you know government regulation. Yeah. But then there's what what are the supermarkets want? And generally, they just recently got together and said, well, this is what we expect from producers of product, and uh, and and they and they sort of gave it a term and all collaborated on on on, on the sort of regulation that they required. And then they have independent people that audit to that standard. So. Okay. Yeah, look, you know, they they look at they look at our hiring practices. Yeah. They look at um, you know, how we, you know, how we pack, you know, the how we clean, how we um, how we grow. You know, yeah. like they are looking at all of it, you know, and sort of auditing all of that product, all of that all of the time. So, yeah. you know, it's actually quite a cost to our business to do that, but yeah. it means that we're lifting the bar 
Um, we're keeping people safe, which is absolutely critical because you saw that, you know, rock melons recently, you know, killed a few people. Yeah. And, you know, like listeria is, a, you know, a problem in, in that industry. Yeah. And so it's, you know, like people stop eating rock melons. Yeah. Know? And for yeah. all the good growers that were yeah. doing the right thing, yeah, they, yeah. they get a problem, right? Like now they haven't got a market or, you know, it's just safer not to go and buy that stuff, you know? Yeah. Like so you go and buy something else. Yeah. And, um, and so for us, you know, we, we're happy to keep lifting the bar and, and making it, you know, like harder for the rogue growers and there's always in any industry yeah, of course, yeah. growers that are doing the wrong thing but yeah. I think generally our farmers are looking to do the right thing you yeah. know and so they uh, you know like yeah if we can meet that standard um, you know then then we're allowed to then be a supplier of that product to yeah. to those uh, customers yeah. so your own quality control like how often do you guys revisit like just so things like that don't happen with the rock melon and stuff. Like, do you guys have to, you know, test things often, or do you just do yeah. that for a certain? Like, yeah, no, you know, we, yourselves. Or? Well, we're testing uh, like within <coughs> internally in our business. We're testing uh, all of our processes all the time. We've got an internal quality team that yep. you know that sit on every one of our sites, and um, and they're they're checking um, all of our processes right through the system. But then they're also. Um, doing pre-delivery inspections so you know the product can get all the way to the end where we've packed it up for our customer and we're inspecting again to make sure that um, that yes it's met that specification we haven't put the wrong description on it or any even stupid things like that that can happen Um, so we're we're testing all that and then when it's delivered to the customer they're doing the same they're checking us again you know like uh, to make sure that we're we've we've met the spec I think in an environment of like outrage that we're in at the moment with like social media it's like as a business I feel like you you can't afford to make a mistake like that like and even the fact that you deal with a Coles and Woolworths I imagine it's pretty much a one strike policy in that if if you if you don't meet a a quality standard that's going to affect someone's health or something like that. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, if it comes to health, you know, like, there's there's other things, like, you know, how a product looks, you know? Like yeah, I was about to one. ask that, like, how strict are they, without steering too away from that question, but how strict are they on the looks of food? Because if I know the quality's good, I don't really care what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I know you know, do. sometimes that's an indicator of, you know, like, just how healthy the product is, I suppose. Like, how does it look, you yeah. know? So, so how fresh is it? Um, yeah. And, yeah, like, you know, what has it been through while it was growing? You know, so, so uh, yeah, they can be strict at times, yeah, you know, yeah. but they, but, but given the right um, set of circumstances, like we've got, you know, we've got um, a really strong relationship with our customers and you have to have, right? Like, so, so where they're um, putting, you know, in front of them, if we see an issue coming down the pipeline yeah. and remember, because we're growing the way we do, we can see the next eight weeks of production sitting on our plant. So if yeah. we see a problem coming, Size or something like that. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll flag it with them and, and ask for a variation to specification. And yeah. if they think that it doesn't um, disadvantage the customer, yeah. then then they'll say yeah. Like for that period of time, we'll allow that variation specification. Right. You know, so they're pretty reasonable when you when you communicate well. It's like anything, yeah. right? You know, yeah, if you communicate well with your customers, they're gonna they're gonna yeah. get it. You know, yeah, yeah. so so, so oh, sorry, yeah. is there much um, wastage in that scenario? Like you hear the stories of like big double truckloads driving away from the supermarket because they had a bruise or something like that. Mm. Is there much of that? Ah, look, it can happen. You know, yeah. like you know, we've we've had times where we've had product um, rejected and and then we've we've received it back and said there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. Like yeah. we we have a real problem. And you know, 
to their credit, they'll often send they'll send them some QC staff to our to our facilities and have a look at it and say, yeah, you're right. Or we might just like bring it back, tag it back up, and send it back in and yeah. say, <laughs> you know, like yeah. come on, guys, and you know they accept that they've got people checking against a list of quality criteria and they will make mistakes. And, yeah. You know, we will and they will. And yeah. so, you know, you've got to keep it reasonable as well, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, like I, I would say that you, you can't often say that they've done anything. They don't do it maliciously. Yeah. I would say that that is fair to say. You know, yeah. there are times where sometimes you don't agree with it. Yeah. But it's not a malicious thing. It's, it's just an interpretation of specification. Yeah. And would that produce then end up in like a... A discounted fruit and veg store, yeah, or something so, like that, or look, you know, it, it, for us it doesn't really happen that much. But like we we can clear product through our wholesale market, you know, like there's 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 a whole lot of green grocers. You would know from going to different green grocers. There's the very very top end guys that yeah, that yeah. charge, you know, like and, and they do a really good job. And those guys are scouring the markets to make sure they're buying the best stuff all the time. Yeah, and so. You know, you can kind of get it, and then there's the guys that are looking, you know, selling more the discount end, and yeah. you know, like and serving a different um, socio-economic yeah, yeah, area or something like to. that. Yeah. Um, so there's all those options, but I mean, if we really get stuck, we'll we donate we've donated you know hundreds of hundreds of thousands of tons to you yeah. know like the food banks and uh, yeah. Second Bite and you know those sorts of yeah. uh, charities. So yeah, and there's, no, the there's no issues. Like the way it's kind of beat up is like, oh, well, that just goes in the bin. But mm. like there is obviously a way to get it out to, yeah, look, to I think donate and stuff. There is, you know, yeah. often, you know, yeah. like I, I suppose that, you know, there would be some producers that, that, that produce crops that, that end up not good enough to uh, you know, and and they might give it a go to send it to a to a customer, and then and they get it rejected, and then say, oh, I had to throw it out. It's like, yeah, but you kind of knew what the rules were. Yeah, you know, there's there's you know, like you know, you can only feel sorry for people a little bit, you know, when, yeah, when it's yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. You know, if it was a cyclone or something like that came through, well, then you know, everybody's got to accept a you know yeah. different level of you know standard or something yeah. like that. But you know, yeah. So is there um, any difference in product distribution to like the big guys to like the green grocers and stuff or is it just like, like do they get to the big guys get like the nicer looking stuff or is it like, uh, you know, it no. doesn't really matter, they all get the nicer looking stuff or? Yeah, well, I think, you know, you know, like we say all of our stuff's nice looking. Yeah. But, um, but, but the, reali- yeah. <laughs> the reality is we, we grow a range of products and, you know, like even if it's a small, you know, like we might be growing capsicums and the ideal size is this big and, you know, we get some that are small and yeah. we've got to come up with creative ways to sell that product. And, you know, yeah. some of it is, you know, pre-packing it and, and, and doing it at a certain price and, and some of it is like just accessing different markets. So we're serving um, processes, um, where uh, you know, like the the customers, like in the in the wholesale markets, like the supermarkets are different. Coles and Woolworths want they want it to meet the specification, yeah, right. Yeah. And so they expect them all to meet the specification, sure. and that's what they would like because yeah. for them, their, their their distribution is is so enormous that they need it to to be cookie cutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Whereas yeah. in the wholesale markets um, that serve the green grocers, there are. You know, the green growers that want the really good stuff, and the green growers that want you know the other end. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. um, so we, you know, that's where that comes into into effect, and and so we send into the the markets, like into our wholesale um, stand, we we'll send the very very best and the very very worst. 
and anything in between. So um, those customers can then access what they what what best suits them at a price that suits them. You know, yeah, so sure. there's yeah. usually it's all supply and demand. You know, like so you you know like we're 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 making a a, a a decision if the top of the market's fifty dollars for something. Yeah. Well, then what is this stuff over here worth? It's yeah. it's not so good. It's a little bit yeah. small. Um, but but it's still you know yeah, well and truly worth it. Yeah, and all that stuff. It's there's just, nothing wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, but you yeah. know like. Yeah. So, what's that worth? That might be worth twenty five dollars, and so yeah. we're we're just making so they have a scale solely off like what it looks like um, in terms of like you know supply and demand. Like you would be well, so what it looks like, but also what the demand is for that type, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not just yeah. about that. So okay. so if if ninety percent of people want to buy the good stuff, right. you know, ten percent people want to buy that, and so there has to be a you know, a, a discount or, or another use. Of course. So you have yeah, to you have to yeah. just sort of play, play okay. around. And it, does that fluctuate? Like depending on like time like oh. who's buying and you know you... Absolutely. Like in on a like we still we still deal in a um, supply and demand market. So yeah. so uh, like just recently cucumbers yeah. went very, very short. They were they were there was the demand was way higher than the supply. And yeah. so I saw some stuff that was not really that great getting sold for very, very high money that we would never have seen for the, the yeah, top yeah, stuff yeah. in a regular market. So yeah, it, yeah. it just depends. You, you know, just like, ride the wave, I guess. So. Yep, and you know, like that's what it's about. It's about having the product. For us, it's about having the product when it all yeah. turns pear-shaped outside. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, While yeah. we're sitting there and we're consistently providing a product that looks like this and, and, and an amount that's sort of steady year-round, the field guys might come in with a... Um, uh, like with a real flush, and that affects what we get for our product. But at the same time, if a cyclone comes through and knocks their production out, we've still got our production, and we're sort of steady along. Yeah, and yeah. where we might have been getting, you know, twenty dollars for the product here, we're now getting fifty dollars for the product yeah, because sure, yeah. we were there in the market at the time when, yeah, it, when, when it was required. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, definitely. So, how's the? Obviously, we're seeing lots of like biopharma for a farmer at the moment. How's that affecting growers? Because obviously, all I'm really seeing is like beef industry cattle, sick, like skinny cattle, skinny sheep. Is that affecting the growers at all? Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm sure it, it does at certain um, places and certain times, you know. But but like you're talking about, really the sort of the the western sort of northern northwestern part of you know New South Wales and Queensland, yeah, uh, where it's you know there's not a lot of products grown yeah. in those areas that um, like. For uh, for the fresh produce market, anyway. Yeah. So, you know, you do get times where um, where um, more your field production growers um, are affected really badly by climatic conditions, and yeah. you know that can be like rain the day before you're looking to harvest. You know, yeah. um, you know, and you can, you can go from having a really good product on the plant to it all being destroyed by five minutes of hail. You know. Yeah. Um, it seems to happen every year in the cherry season, you know, like yeah. in, in Victoria, you know, we get heavy rain just before they're about to harvest and they lose a third of their crop. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's a real shame, but that's the gamble we take. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, like, so drought itself, yeah, I mean, you know, like if, if, if a grower was growing in an area where they were drought affected, then they would probably have to restrict the amount of plantings that they did so it wouldn't, you know, yeah. in, in, well, it wouldn't impact them. They probably wouldn't. Do the activity in the first place, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So I guess obviously those areas that we're seeing a drought in at the moment is not really conducive to grow anyway. 
No, not, not yeah. really. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't think that there's a lot of um, of vegetable production, you know, fruit and vegetable production in those areas. No. Yeah. yeah. yeah cool. Any more questions? No. Sweet. Um, so complete flip from what we've been talking about. Um, so background, how long have we been training together now? That's uh, nearly nine months. Yeah, about nine months. Yep. Yeah. So coming from obviously we've got a pretty good picture of the enormity of a business that you were running. Um, how have you found the last nine months kind of, um, we haven't necessarily gone crazy into macros and that kind of stuff, but definitely cleaned up the diet and gone into strength training. How are you finding it from running a business, mental clarity, performance, energy levels, all that kind of stuff? Improve the same? What have you noticed? Uh, yeah, no, look, I, I mean, I feel a whole lot stronger than I've I, I certainly than I than I was, you know, um, nine months ago. Yeah, uh, I was doing some group training, you know, like out with, um, you know, all the, you know, we'd never really sort of got anywhere, you know, with it. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a little disappointing, but um, I sort of feel like we're we're making, you know, good progress. And as you know, I'm sort of training with my my sons as well. Yeah, and um, and that's it's meant more time spending with them. And yeah. uh, and so I would say that, you know, from that point of view, it's it's really sort of been good for our relationship yeah for, for you know like with those, my relationship with them as well provided and you stay stronger than them yeah that's right like, <laughs> as soon as they start overtaking me then it's going to be a problem but yeah. um yeah no it's look i would say that uh this definitely hasn't been a negative impact i feel stronger i i think that uh, my uh my back in particular i used to have a fair few problems with my back i sit down at work for quite a bit of time yeah and um and so my my back's a lot stronger and i feel yeah i feel a lot you know, quite a, quite a bit better. Yeah. So, for so, what were your lift-off numbers last year? What we get up to with your deadlift? Uh, deadlift, I did 175. Yeah, squat. Yeah, I'm not sure. 140, I think. One, okay. th- 135, 140, yeah. something like that. Yeah. We're looking to well and truly eclipse those. Yeah, wow. Like. Yeah, I don't know about the deadlift, but yeah, I, I think, <laughs> think that, um, yeah, I think I can do better with the squat anyway. Yeah. Maybe the bench. Yeah. yeah. And we've got, we beat both your sons. On all three lists, I think. Yeah, yeah. Conor Young squat. No, I beat him on that. Yeah, he was injured, so. Yeah, yeah, and claim it. <laughs> yeah, so pressures on moving forward. So, yeah, I was just curious as to like, obviously, um, I would assume your hours, I guess, with work would be quite consuming, um, fairly high stress level. How that like strength training, um, and or even over the nine months, what we've kind of thrown at you in terms of volume and all that kind of stuff's been pretty savage. Um, whether you're kind of going to work like knackered from the training or it's actually no I don't actually Um, I would say that I haven't probably reflected on it like you know like that yeah I totally just do but I can't be last for those listening I have no idea what we're going here but I think that I I think it's fair to say that you know and I'm not just pissing in your pocket you know I I, I think it's fair to say that like it's been positive you know like I would you know I I do feel better at work it's given me um, a bit more um, focus, if anything, yeah, yeah, I think it's been pretty good. Probably stress, yeah. I don't think that's it's actually a good one. I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about that, but you know, I don't feel stressed at work. Um, not sure that I ever have, you know, like over the top. I haven't, you know, I'm not one of those ones that sort of curls up in the corner. Yeah. But um, but I'm, you know, I sort of, I don't feel like it's been a bit negative at all. I don't go to work saying oh, I don't want to go to the gym today. You know, yeah. I'm enjoying it. So well, that's good. good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's what you want. Happy yeah. fine, happy days. Yeah. Um, so what maybe are the, the main nutrition changes you made 
when like from meeting me from what you were doing with like the group class stuff yeah um more protein yeah, I think you know that's the main thing. You know, I still, as right. you know, I still don't hit the, yeah. hit, I, I still <laughs> don't hit yeah. the hit the, the protein levels that I that I that I'm supposed to. Yeah, um, yeah, um, I just you know tidied up my diet a bit. You know, it's just yeah, giving me a um, makes you makes you focus a bit more on it, I suppose, and you're sort of getting aware. results. You know, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. You start seeing uh, some results that your whole thought process, behaviours change, things become a little bit easier to do yeah. Um, rather than like yeah, when you're in a situation where you're just turning the wheels it's like how many times are you going to do that before you get out on mm-hmm. the other side and actually get a result yeah so I can yeah, totally it's, it's always that. interesting to talk to people who like a lot of the guests that we kind of come on, come on the show if you ask them to kind of draw their totem pole of importance training is normally number one um, and even for Jason and I, it's like training and like STC fitted stuff itself are probably number one because they interlock. But interesting to see people where it's like, I'm sure if we, well, not sure, but potentially if we looked at your totem poles, like, well, running my business and my family and that kind of stuff are probably ahead of supersede training. But it's like, okay, so what does training give back to those things that are higher up the totem pole that actually make it worthwhile investing the time? Mm. the effort yeah well I think that um, what I like about having the the training and you know like coming to the gym and you know doing it with my boys but but like um, doing that has you know gives me a focus and I, I you know I like to have that locked away you know yeah. knowing that I'm going to do that on those days and, yeah um, it, it forces you know it's we all know it's too easy to just walk away and not you know, you can say, oh, I'll do it today. Yeah. It's easy to do that. And, uh, and, and I, I sort of work better when I've got, you know, that sort of focus. And so, yeah. you know, yeah. and then tying in, you know, a bit of diet stuff with, with um, nutrition rather yeah. than diet. It's not diet, but it's nutrition yeah. with, with, with the trainings being really good. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the, one of the things that I guess I'm most impressed with is in a role that's probably so demanding from a, a mental standpoint is even... Um, obviously, you travel quite a bit. Um, even when you are away, I'm still getting, yeah, I'm going into the gym here, I'm going into the gym there, it's already been sorted out. So that, I think, kind of reflects back that it's like it is a positive thing. It was like if you're beat up and not wanting to either train or it's like you feel like it's negatively affecting you, then you're not going to do it when you're on holidays. Um, so that, I think that's kind of cool. But it's good that, you know, like having, having um, my son's, like they're pushing me as well, right? Yeah. Because if yeah. I don't go, then they won't go, and yeah. you know we're going to do it. But Fair you know, like other. then also having you know the PT standing there and sort of you know, um, you know improving your technique and yeah. and you know like just getting you to do stuff right because it's so easy to fall into the the trap of not yeah you know, not doing yeah. stuff right you know yeah, like um exactly. it's uh, yeah it, it makes a big difference it's, yeah uh, it's positive and the injury standpoint too um, with the shoulder so how long ago was the shoulder Rico? Uh, 30 years ago yeah so yeah. imagine the uh, science that went into a shoulder reconstruction 30 years ago yeah. not quite what they are mm. now um, and we've pretty much gone from like very limited range of motion to f- almost full now pretty much yeah I think it's uh, it's pretty good like I don't I mean you know it's my left shoulder it's my weaker side it's you know like I, I feel like I still struggle with it but it's not the pain that, that I had when I first came I used to just avoid a lot of work on that shoulder because it used to hurt. So, yeah, yeah. you know, like you gave me enough um, stuff that, you know, like got me through that and uh, and into, 
yeah, like where I started to actually, like I used to have no muscle at the back of my shoulder there. Yeah. And uh, now you can actually feel a little bit of, you know, strength there. So yeah. it's supporting the yeah the structures that are that have been sort of played with. So, so they basically yeah. just took a tendon and just wrapped it around. I think they, yeah, they took it from the back and pulled it across the front of the shoulder, you know, yeah. and, and then pinned it to the bone. Yeah, yeah so. Oh, just, it'll all just hang in there, it'll be right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it made it more stable. Yeah. But, you know, like, yeah. 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 Yeah, just just the, the range just of motions, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's like, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It was 30 years ago. You yeah. Know? yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, yeah, well, I don't have any more questions. No, I'm pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah. maybe we can cover it. I'm more sitting here just interested in like how everything went about. So it was good for me to just yeah, yeah. kind of get a good idea of what's going on yeah, uh, yeah. in terms of the fresh produce. Buy some fruit now. Yeah. Start buying. Yeah, well, you know, like, well, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Thanks for letting me get on my soapbox. You know? No, it was yeah. good. Thanks so much for coming in. Obviously, really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah. yeah. I think the best thing, like, just the takeaway from today is, like, it's good to see, like, just how into it you are. Like, it's awesome. Like, we, yeah. people, like, will sit here and talk. We'll talk about personal training, health and fitness, and, like, you, you get passionate about that. It's really good to see that in, when you were describing your product and how it comes about and just yeah. how proud you are of putting it all together. Like, I was just sitting there, like, just thinking, like, this is a guy who's invested in putting out some really good quality fruit and vegetables, yeah. which is, you think, so it's yeah. really good to see. And like we mentioned in that, that age of outrage, it's like there's so much negativity. Like, we only ever hear about that one batch from China that made people sick. Yeah. Or it's like... That yeah. that B double that did get dumped of, of fruit and vegetables yeah, and like yeah. Coles and Woolworths are like giant conglomerations trying to tear the world apart. It's like it's cool to hear well, here's how it actually kinda of works and the people involved are actually pretty passionate about it and the produce that we're getting on the other end is probably as good if not better than anywhere else. Yeah, well the, the fifty one other times that you go to the shops to fill up your cupboards, that's like you know, you're putting together that good quality product. It's yeah. like just that one little time maybe from someone, you know, yeah. it's like they're the only things that people remember. So it's good to see. Yeah. Just keep buying tomatoes. <laughs> Capsicums. Yeah. Talk with me. We'll need to do a podcast on like, the micronutrient shop. value of um, capsicums and tomatoes. Yeah, so right. I'll make sure they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Right. Thanks so much, Mike. Yeah, thanks, no Mike. Thanks for your time. And, um, we'll be back next episode. Thank you.